Hey, hi, welcome to the whole podcast. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay. Today, I'm joined once again uh, by the ever brilliant, ever shiny uh, Pastor Becky Alcantar. Say hi, Becky. Hello, my name is Becky Alcantar. I'm the author and co-founder of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges. And also today, for the very first time, Becky and I have a guest. Yes, so excited. Super excited uh, for our friend Barry Edgman. Say hi, Barry. Hello. <laughs> I can't edit that up, bro. So that whole second that you were just like staring at me where there was no air, there was like dead air, I can't take that out now. Yeah. You know who needs Journey to Wholeness? Barry Edgman. We all need Journey to Wholeness. And that was his and point. We have a we have a reboot program now for those who have gone through and need to yeah. touch up some areas. Yep. I love that. Today's topic... Um, is uh, resilience, and I love that because Becky, if there's two dudes that you could be sitting with that have needed to show in resilience in their lives, I feel like it's Barry and I. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. yeah. If there's Very two true. people I've worked with who cause me to need resilience in my life, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that's two. it for this episode and of the whole podcast. That was that that was triggering something there for me. But that's yeah. true of all of us. Triggered. I think as we enter into this season, uh, where we'll be. Uh, in, interacting with our family members and interacting with people who have different views than we do, uh, we really need to work on our resilience. Oh, you're talking about like the, the upcoming holiday season. Absolutely. I see. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, and anytime, I, I think we say that that's, you know, the holiday season, but every season there's barbecues and there's, you know, yeah. different things going on that we interact with people that may be, uh, remind us of things that we have been working on or need to work on. And so resilience is such an important topic, especially in light of what we've, uh, been dealing with currently with, you know, just the climate of our environment and our world right now. Uh, and you know, we've talked for quite a few weeks about a lot of topics that uh, maybe you've been endeavoring to work on. And in that process, we have to acknowledge that this is really a journey. And it's not something we can, you know, finish in 30 days. Really, it's a lifetime journey uh, to be well and to be whole. And so resilience is definitely one of those things that when I hear that, I go, okay, yes, give me some practical steps. Tell me how I can be more resilient in the face of challenges and difficulties and frustrations, uh, and I'm sure many of you feel the same way. How we navigate a crisis or a traumatic event um, is dependent on how resilient we are, um, because when we face any trauma, it's unpredictable and uncontrollable. And so the ability to be in control of ourselves and to have steps and the ability to withstand and to face those challenges is uh, so important. It, it really determines whether or not we uh, fall into despair or anxiety or anger, or if we're able to hold on to hope and faith and love. I love the idea of resilience because I, you know, I, in fact, I was just telling uh, Barry in the pre-show that uh, I had a disagreement at home uh, and uh, all these things that I felt like all this, all this progress I'd been making in working on myself and identifying uh, weaknesses and blind spots that I had, like it would have been easy in that in that disagreement or that confrontation to just throw it all away. 
Right, mm-hmm. like my nature would be to let's like you know what, fine. If you were going to play this game, let's get it on. Yeah, right? like I'm going to like throw mm-hmm. all this work that I've been working on and just mm-hmm. all right, I'll blow my top, man. Mm-hmm. I'll just you know be uncontrolled and I'll react because we talk often in this room mm-hmm. about reacting versus responding and mm-hmm. where reaction is like first, you know, is like a first thing, like an initial thing, but a response is like a careful and a measured, uh, you know response like it's stupid there should be another word you know mm-hmm. re- anyway but this that's re- so i could have reacted or but instead i chose to respond which you know you need resilience to do that now there's like 1600 riz words response <laughs> resilience Time reaction twister, yeah. anyway but my point is is that i didn't want to throw away the progress that i've been making on my journey mm-hmm. to be a better person to be a calmer person to be a a clearer thinker you know, not just like a, a passionate, you know, like angry or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, I thought about that as I was, you know, going through this confrontation. And I feel like that was the kind of resilience that we're talking about because there's things that are going to trigger us, not just at the holidays, but in every, in, in this, like you were just every alluding day. to, in this, in this culture yes. and in this uh, climate, like there's every day. Every day there's something that's going to try to trigger me. Yeah, and you explained it so well. Resilience is really a muscle, right? And so you felt compelled to return to what you knew because you had practiced that previously so well that immediately your brain went, hey, let's go here because you're good at it, right? And so now you're out to win. And we've talked about this in the past that really that kind of winning, no one really wins when we're both attacking. And so resilience, the first step for resilience is really being aware of our situation and our own emotional reactions, as well as the behavior of people around you. And so it's such a huge moment. I, I often say in journey classes, like pat yourself on the back when you actually have the wherewithal, you've developed the muscle, the awareness to step back and go, here is an opportunity for me to choose differently yeah. and to find out what trajectory that will take us yeah. and really how things can de-escalate quickly when you don't engage in a reaction the way you would have previously. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to get into this, but I also want to, resilience doesn't just happen in the moment where you perform in such a way or choose one way or another, but it also happens in what your expectations are from that confrontation or Mm -hmm. the interaction or from that person, because resilience says, you know, I'm going to do this regardless of how they respond. Right. You know? Exactly. An individual's resistance is dictated by a combination of your genetics, your personal history, your environment, and situational context, right? So there's so many pieces. So we can develop resilience in not just our reactions, right, but in observing what's happening, uh, but also recognizing, like, what is it in us that is going to be challenged by whatever circumstances I'm facing? Yeah, That's resilience in itself. Now I am aware of that. Now I can work on that piece. I know often we can get overwhelmed when we talk about all of these topics, and maybe you felt that way in the last uh, nine weeks, you know, that we've done this. Uh, it's a, It can seem like a lot altogether, but when we look at the area if we look at our life like a three-legged stool, what is the leg that's really off from the other two, and how can we address that today? When you do that, you give uh, weight or health or muscle to the other two areas, right? Uh, the other legs can stand better if the one starts correcting itself. Hmm. And until we do that, we don't know really what state the other two are in. We don't need to know. If we can start working on the one, now it's going to be obvious, oh, well, the other one has a chink in it. Let me move to that one. So it's not all at once. It's what is asking me to be addressed today. How can I work on being more resilient in that area? Hmm. 
Pastor Barry, when you think of resilience, like what, like, like what were your thoughts when you learned that that was going to be our topic today? That is a thing. I believe resilience is a thing that probably most of us, I know that I do fail to consider as a regular part of my life Mm. as a discipline, Mm. uh, because it, it, as I was looking at the topic, um, I think resilience emanates from peace and confidence. Um, and if we're not at peace, when it comes to respond versus react, uh, responding is is wisdom. Reacting is judgmental. So in that, when we're we're seeking peace, resilience becomes a second nature rather than oh I've got to keep pushing through this. And the beauty about uh, pushing through is many times we take that weight upon ourselves to do that, and we're not we're not designed uh, physically or or emotionally or or psychologically to carry weight. We're 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 designed to carry certain things, but there are certain other things that are that steal away. That still peace, that still confidence, that still the ability to be resilient. So when we recognize, like Pastor Becky was saying, when we recognize those things, we address those things. And not only are we changed and we become more like Jesus, but we become stronger people. Yeah. I love that you use the word discipline there. And so I hadn't really thought about that until you said it, because when I think about discipline, I think about like, boy, I really wish I ate better. Boy, I really wish I worked out more. Boy, I really wish I didn't eat those chocolate covered Oreos. Listen, those are so good. I mean, Jello with fruit in it. Tell me about Jello. It doesn't make any sense. Like, is there any calories in Jello at all? No, but Jello with fruit. It's food group. It's the fruit food group. So, like, why do you why are you guilty about that? Why are you guilty about Jello with fruit? My goodness. Alone, good, but Cheez-Its with bacon cheddar flavor and chocolate Oreos. No, that doesn't sound good to me bro, at all. The Cheez-Its bro. with and the you take good? all of that. And then finish it off with some fudge-covered Oreos. Cigar. It's like, oh <laughs> my anyway, goodness. So when I think about discipline. We digress. I think about the things that for me, discipline means the things that I'm not typically inclined to do. I'm not typically mm, inclined to eat better. Mm, I'm not typically good. inclined to work out better. I'm not typically good. inclined to attack my to-do list, right? Good. I'm not typically inclined to be you know, emotionally controlled in a situation. That's not, you know, and so it takes discipline, which as Sean has told us a number of times, where discipline is the same root word, right? As disciple, Mm. right? That's so good. Yeah. And so Mm. like, I feel like, you know, that, and then, and a a disciplehood or discipleship means it's a journey of learning, right? A journey of trying to become, Mm -hmm. right? And so this idea of discipline and trying to become, like it all comes back around to this idea that no one's going to get it right every time. Right. Resilience is the ability to adapt, move forward, and experience some growth from the challenges that you face. Uh, so I, I want to use the example of the path that we just took regarding the Cheez-Its. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> when we entertain those thoughts, when we find ourselves going that way, that's where we can self-defeat. We can self-destruct. And in those moments, there's always a choice. There's always a choice to go, can I reframe this? Can I do this a different way? Or am I going to stay on this path and then 
and limit myself in terms of growth and the ability to adapt. So that discipline requires you to, one, be self-aware, but then, two, make that choice. And life is full of tiny little choices every day that we make without really thinking about it. Mm. But what we have to look at is where, where are those choices taking us, and then what is the one first change that I can make, right? What's the next right thing is what a lot of people say. If I know that Cheez-Its are my downfall, I need to stop buying them in bulk at Costco, right? <laughs> if I know that reacting to uh, my loved ones has caused a lot of problems and we're not getting anywhere, I have to have the wherewithal to say, hey, let's pause here and try to work on this together. Mm. I feel like sometimes, it, I was just thinking about that, because we, we, it's easy to rationalize those choices, mm-hmm. right? In our, in, the, in, in our nature, the easiest way is to, like, I'm trying to think about these things. So when we talk about Cheez-Its for you, which is it's still, like, I don't know, like, how many calories can be in a, even the whole thing of Cheez-Its? I don't even know. Like, when I think about indulgent, I'm like, like a half gallon there's, of butter pecan ice cream. There's 130 calories in, in, a serving? in about 20 Cheez-Its. Oh. So it's not good. <laughs> That's funny. That reminds me of that meme where, like, the serving size, like, <laughs> people talking about serving size, the serving size is what I eat while I'm thinking about whether I'm going to eat those or not. <laughs> Right. Anyway, so, but it's easy for us in our nature to rationalize, right? So when I think about cheeses, I'm like, you know, but I deserve these Cheez-Its right mm-hmm. now. Like, look mm-hmm. at what happened to me today. Right. Or when we think about, like, going to the gym or whatever. Like, I deserve to take today off because mm-hmm. it was blah, blah, blah. Or when we're having a confrontation with our loved one, we're like, listen, I deserve this because you la, 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 la. Mm-hmm. Right? So we want to do that all the time. <laughs> right. And so and so the dis- discipline comes when we're like, I'm not going to choose the natural way or what comes easy to me. I'm going to take the hard way. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's why lifting weights hurts, right? Because I mean, like when you, I think I've never lifted a weight in my life, but I, I, from what I've heard that when you lift weights, right, it takes a lot of, I'm just kidding. I have at least the bar. I've never any plates right. on it, but like it's, it's the, heavy. The, the bar is heavy. super heavy. heavy. Anyway, shut up. Don't even say it. Like, like just shut up, Barry. Anyway, mm-hmm. but like those things hurt. Right. right, making yourself stronger hurts. Mm-hmm. Making yourself fitter hurts. Making mm-hmm. yourself thinner hurts. Mm-hmm. Making yourself controlled and responding rather than reacting—all that hurts. Right, and often people think, "Oh, being resilient is just being optimistic," and I need to be realistic. Right, I can't pretend like everything's okay. I can't uh, act like all of these things don't bother me and they're not weighing on me. And that's not what. Uh, Resilience is, is actually a mastery over yourself. It's not actually optimistic. It's determining that there's going to be a better way and that I have the ability to creatively come up with an alternative that is going to bring me good mm-hmm. versus send me into despair and be to my detriment. Now, again, we can participate in those things, right? I deserve these things. So I'm just going to do them and we give ourselves an excuse to indulge. And we know that it's not doing us any better. And we know that it's not helping us to get over this time, really. It's it's a way for us to hide or run away from what we really need to address. And yeah. so it can be hard to face those things that are difficult. And yet we're told over and over again, if we face the difficult things first, then the rest of it is all downhill. And uh, I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, it's definitely when things mount the way they have for us in the past few months, uh, it can be overwhelming and really um, scary uh, when we don't know what direction to head first and we're afraid that our efforts are going to be in vain, right? Uh, we find ourselves again in a time where you know we're asked to isolate even more so than we had. Um, And maybe you're feeling like that's just too much for you to bear. And so that's why we want to talk about just some uh, points, some things that 
might help you to determine how you can build up your resistance, uh, and then we'll, we'll talk about each of them as we go. So I really just have five points for you today on, you know, what you can do to start changing uh, how maybe you're dealing with the difficult things that have come onto your plate. And the first one is we need to change the narrative, right? So when we don't know what's going on, our brain will make a narrative for us. And if you have been under a lot of stress, a lot of trauma, a lot of loss, your brain may automatically be going to the worst case scenario. And we need to reset that. We need to stop ruminating, going around in circles over the same issues over and over. We need to find that off ramp. And that might mean that um, you find somebody to help you to look at what's happening. And I often tell my children this, when they're having a hard time and they have had hard times in the past few months, I say, okay, I, I, I acknowledge the sadness and the sorrow and the loss. But now let's focus on what's good. When mm. everything seems awful, there's something good, right? Mm. And it might not be in the way we framed it or looked at it or saw it in the past, but there's always something good. So even in loss, well, how does this loss help me? What can come out of this? Because now I don't have those things that I'm responsible for, that I uh, did before, that I counted on before. What opportunity now comes out of what's happened now? So it's what ways can we change our narrative? Hmm, that's really good. It reminds me of a quote uh, from a TV show that I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to watch. Uh, <laughs> but it, um, sorry, I'm Googling it as I'm talking. So I'm trying to just like lengthen this. Uh, um, anyway, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. So, oh, gosh. While we wait. Chaos <laughs> isn't a pit. It's a ladder. Is the quote so good? That's yeah. good. Yeah, and so, so good, Scott. So I love that idea that that we we have to stop looking at that chaos. We have to stop looking at that disappointment. We have to stop looking at that loss as a pit, right? Look at it as a ladder, right? And so it's not something we get caught in. It's something that maybe we can get higher out of. Right. You learn something or gain something in the process of the loss. Uh, so often, um, I actually admitted to my friend Scott here that I'm a fan of funerals right now uh, because, and not that I enjoy loss, and, but I enjoy the fact that we come together and we acknowledge what was good in this person's mm -hmm. life. That um, it seems to me that everything else fades away and we gather to highlight, here's what was good about this person, here's what we appreciated, here's what we're gonna miss, and then we, we say goodbye to that thing. And I think we need to do the same thing for the things that we've lost in our lives, that we need to take a moment to say, here's what was good in that, here's what I learned in that, here's what I'm gonna get better at, because I acknowledge now that I didn't spend enough time on this or that or saying certain things to certain people, so now, this is my opportunity to be aware of that and to do something better now. And if we can do that with the losses we experience in life, whether that be the loss of a job or the loss of the ability to see your friends and family or the loss of your health and now you're uncertain about how your health is going to be in the future, um, now what can I do? What did I learn? What can I do better now that's going to make uh, this be a redemptive moment? Yeah, I love that. Becky, one of the things that while you were speaking that came to my mind was that our words, according to scripture, bring life or death. Mm -hmm. So we can, we can actually create an atmosphere with what we say, not only to others, but in particular to ourselves, right. our, our internal narrative 
defines our external narrative. Yes. So if you've got a, if you are speaking negatively about, I, okay, here's, here's one of my things. So I have mixed emotions about the mask, but I wear the mask to be kind and to help other people. Mm-hmm. I believe your daughter said yeah, it's, she, it's just kind. He said, just, just be kind. Yes. And so I started, ch- I changed my attitude about mask because of what she said. Mm-hmm. But there are people outside walking or riding a bike outside alone and they have a mask on. And that, dr- that, that drives me crazy. Hmm. However, I learned by, by changing my narrative, you know, if that makes them feel safe, let's mm-hmm. do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. And again, the narrative, Pastor Becky, that you taught us about the narrative in Journey to Wholeness. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It is so powerful. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. What the narrative that we set really uh, paints the picture of how we live our life. It paints the picture of how we make our choices and what choices we don't make as well. And so if we don't understand what narrative, what story we've been telling ourselves about whatever event that we experienced that changed our perspective, then we don't realize that we're being run by that and it's making choices for us. Mm. And so Mm. to be aware of that first and foremost is to now be able to be in control of the direction that I'm headed now. Instead of falling victim to it, um, I now have strength from it. There's your resilience. If I'm aware alone of the narrative that I have, I can reset that and gain that very control over the things I feel like I don't have control mm-hmm. over. So, so you're saying like the picture, the word picture in my mind is that we're each of us, we're we're writing our own book, That's right. and we're writing our chapter. That's right. And others will read that book when we're gone. Mm-hmm. They're reading it right now. Right. Yeah. Right. And just like you were saying, uh, our internal narrative dictates our external narrative. What we allow, and there's that discipline again. What we allow, what we set in our mind, is how we end up living. Is how others will adapt around us. Right. So if mm. we're living healthy and someone is choosing not to be healthy, then they're not going to be in your vicinity because it's challenging them too much to make a better choice. Uh, if we're making poor choices, it allows others to make poor choices as well in response or in reaction to those. Mm. And then you can see how quickly it can escalate. Mm, yeah, that's good. So the second thing we need to do, and we already made mention of it, is we have to face our fears. Um, we have to do the hard stuff first. When you do that, you don't allow it to be that monkey on your back or the elephant in the room that mm. is asking you to address it. When we can do that, usually what we find, and we use this analogy and journey, that it's like uh, the wizard behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> we think it's much greater than it is until we pull the curtain back and dissect it and realize, you know what, why was I living in anxiety or worry or fear of that thing when when I addressed it, it wasn't as bad as I thought. What that allows us to do is now to take action, right? Instead of sitting uh, frozen, unable to respond or do something forward moving, uh, now it allows us to take uh, action and start moving and get perspective. And um, we just have to go through, I, I sing this to the classes as well that we give, you know, 
can't go over it, can't go under it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to go through it. Yeah. And when we do go through it, it really breaks down anything that might have been holding us back. Uh, I know that sounds overwhelming for some people right now, uh, but facing your fears really, fear is a liar. It's an illusion. And we can allow fear to grow and it'll bully us or we can face it full on. And usually what we find is that we do have the capacity, ability, the strength and the wisdom to walk through it and to gain insight and strength from it as well. I'm reminded of the notion of It's a saying, something about something can live in dark, but if you shine a light on it, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's a, it's a really clever turn of phrase. I just can't think what it is. But I think there's so much to that mm-hmm. in how we deal with it. We much rather, we don't want to find out what's in the dark. We just, it's easier just to be scared of what's in the dark mm-hmm. than to find out. Because mm-hmm. what if I, what if I turn it on and it's crap or right. it's scary or it's bad? You know what I mean? It reminds me a long time ago, I was, I've never been good with money. Like money is just, not because I'm like, uh stupid it's just like i don't know like i don't care about money mm-hmm. and so but I did, in my past life a long time ago got me in a lot of trouble and so i would never open my bank statements because i'm like i know i've not deposited anything in there so there's right. nothing but bad news in there so why would i even look mm-hmm. right and i feel like many of us have that kind of nature maybe not to that extent because i'm an idiot but like i feel like a lot of us do that like there could be something bad in there and i don't know for sure or not but i'm just going to keep believing there's something bad because i don't want to see it if it is bad i'd rather just not know so we don't go to the doctor we don't go to the dentist we don't you know deal with our problems because we don't want to shine a light on it because we don't if it turns out to be bad but here's the thing like 99.9 percent of the time it's not bad it's not even there there's no boogeyman there at all right but we've we've un unlived we've not lived our full life Mm -hmm. you know because we've just been scared scared to address it right which may not exist at all it's uh, there's a wonderful and here i'm not going to quote well but there's wonderful uh quote by will smith from one of his movies (laughs) (laughs) he just does that in every song that's my only will smith song (laughs) it's not bad Uh, It's a quote about fear uh, and how really it's just a figment of our imagination. And so we're imagining, again, there's that narrative. We're imagining that all these things are horribly wrong and we're allowing that to dictate how we live our lives or not live our lives to your point. Right, right. And so that's the danger of it. And so face your fears. If you need your friend to come over and hold your hand while you open that bank statement, do Mm -hmm. it. Uh, Because the reality is, uh, when you neglect things over time, it can get bad. And I think that's our fear. We don't know how much time has passed and how bad it's gotten. And so facing your fears is uh, the second uh, point in building resilience. Wait, can I just do this? Yes, you can. Fear is not real. Mm-hmm. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. That was Will Smith in After Earth. Yes. You watched that movie? I did. Like you, you and His three son other, was in it. Three other people watched that movie. <laughs> hey, it was worth it for that quote alone. <laughs> All right. So the third thing uh, we it's important for us to do uh, to build our resilience is to practice self-compassion. And that's where a lot of mm. us fail in that we're really, really hard on ourselves when we mm. don't meet expectations that we've set that may not be realistic. Um, so... Practicing self-compassion means addressing um, three things. It means addressing your mental, emotional, and physical health. And uh, we really need to consider all three when we're 
practicing self-care? Uh, do we need to be kinder to ourselves? Uh, do we, first of all, have to acknowledge the hard stuff? Have you been living and trying to ignore the fact that it's a really hard time and you've been having a hard time dealing with it? And can you acknowledge that first and foremost so that you can get to what you need to work on to actually recover from this time? When we practice self-compassion, uh, it helps us to heal, recover, and grow. And that's what we're after here when, in terms of resilience. If we want to build our resilience muscle, we have to practice self-compassion. And uh, my daughter and I had a really good conversation uh, in that she was having trouble with anxiety. And we addressed uh, all three. Here's the thing. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm feeling anxious, and so I need to deal with my emotions. But is there something mentally, some thoughts that you've allowed to run in your mind that are not helping and not uh, contributing to your well-being? Have you uh, left physical activity, which helps you to work out stress and tension in your body, right? So we have to think about all three of these components when we're dealing with self-compassion. Mm. What area needs to be shorn up? But what area have I neglected because I was so focused on this one that now my stool is off kilter mm. and I need to go back around and shore up each leg? Yeah, we live in a world, though, that tells us that if we are sensitive to our own needs or sensitive or self-compassionate, what were the words? you just used? Sorry, it's not self-compassion. What were the words? It was self-compassion. Oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> Good job. I guess I was listening. Yeah. So, but I feel like we live in a world that tells us that that's weak or that's selfish or that's, mm. you know what I mean? Like you right. shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't do that. It's selfish to do that. Mm -hmm. So, but we've taken that, which there's a degree to truth to that. Like you shouldn't be self-absorbed or narcissistic or right. any of those other things. But like, um, but we, it reminds me of a song, the Demi Lovato song, I Love Myself, I think, mm -hmm. where she says, I'm a black belt at beating up on myself, mm -hmm. but I'm an expert in loving mm -hmm. everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's super good. I yeah. love that song. Yeah. Do you really? Are you just making no, fun of me right no, now? No, no, no I do. I do. There's, there's, here's what's unique about some of the music today um, is that some of the, some of the first of all, uh, all music ability comes from the Lord. Amen. So, but I think that there are some really clever things said in music today that are significant, just like the one you said. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I just That's feel like that. we owe it to ourselves. Like I can't, you can't, well, there's a Christian quote, like something about you, you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. You know, I can't help anybody else until I'm full. Exactly. It really, you look at it as some people consider self-care or self-compassion to be, right, narcissistic, but you really can't be your best self for the people that you love until you do these things. And so if if nothing else, and I think uh, many of us need that initiative, because uh, if we're looking at doing it for ourselves, really, we're like, eh, I'll just, you know, go have a beer and watch a game or watch Netflix and have a glass of wine. But when we think about the people around us who are depending on us, who really are why we hustle and why we try to move forward, knowing that having compassion for myself and filling myself up is going to pour out onto and over them, then now I feel like, okay, I need to do this. The other part is true too. Whatever you have inside of you, if it's not well and it's not good, that's spilling out over onto them as well. Yeah. And so you have to think about, I need to one, empty that cup of those things first uh, so that it doesn't spill out over them. And I'm sure you're all thinking of a moment where you were frustrated or, or you know, 
having a hard time and you lashed out at the people you love the most. And that's the last thing we want to do. So take the time to empty that cup of those things and fill it up with the things that are going to spill on them that are going to help them in their resilience and their growth uh, because they are watching you. Good. So the fourth thing we need to do, and this is hard because I, I know right now um, all we want is comfort food and to sit around <laughs> and to snuggle, uh, but we really need to incorporate some healthy habits. So rest, diet, and exercise uh, give you the fortitude to actually take these things on and build muscles. That still only has one leg for me. Yeah. That's yeah. rest. Like I love rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a pretty wobbly stool if I'm yeah. not also incorporating health and exercise. Right. When we think about our diets, if we're eating things that cause our digestive system to work on overdrive because it's having to separate the toxic and un uh, natural things from the natural things to try to get some nutrients and then it goes through all that work but doesn't get any nutrients because the Cheez-Its did not have all of the I don't even know what it claims there's to have. bacon in there there's <laughs> cheese in there there's two food groups and then the crackers are wheat that's a food group <laughs> and how much work Thank did you. your stomach have to do to actually get to what little bit of nutrition is in there here's the thing like if you want to win at life if you're you've been moving forward and not addressing the things that you know now right now that you need to address but you haven't been putting good fuel in the tank you're working at a disadvantage and i don't know about you but if i'm trying to do well in this life i want to give myself all of the advantages possible that are available mm. to me mm. um, and the same is true with exercise and we we talked about that briefly in one of the other points is that uh, exercise really helps your body to work out uh, the stresses and tensions in your body, which then allow your brain to focus on something better. If it has to focus on the fact that there are things in you that need to be released, then it can't focus on the creativity um, that you are capable of to actually get through this time and become more resilient. We talk a lot in this podcast and especially Journey to Wholeness, which by the way, you can always join a journey to wholeness. Yes, yes, yes you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and everyone should take it. I believe so. Anyway, but we talk a lot in there about everyone should take it. <laughs> Amen. About the 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 way our mind works by how it's created, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were created to fight, flight, faint, and faint, and we're all these other things, right? Just wait, hang on now. I'm going. So, but we talk about how our brain, like it shorts. Like it tries to find shorthand, and that's why right. we react the way we do. We talk about all the time. But I feel like our bodies are the same way. Mm -hmm. If we believe that God created our mind, we have to believe God created our bodies. And he didn't create our bodies to be lethargic, right. Netflix and chili. Right. right? He, he created our bodies to do the work, right. right? And our bodies need to work. Otherwise, we end up, you know, like Wally, right? right. Like we're just like, we sit in like with those <laughs> chairs that just float around. I and think we think about that often. Yeah. You know, like we just get, Wally was a Pixar movie. Yeah. I know that you're not really a movie guy. I'm uh, a big movie guy. But apparently not, not a, a good, Pixar guy. Yeah, not a good movie guy, apparently. <laughs> anyway, so like, there's like, we fast forward like 50 years into our future where we just stop moving all together. We just have these floating chairs and we're all super duper fat. And we mm -hmm. just like, we just big gulps just appear. We just keep drinking big gulps. And anyway, that's not how we're created to be. No. And we, we, we feel like we want to take advantage of, of all of our hard work, like our, like our, like our job work, which for many of us is not physical, mm -hmm. you know, that it's you know more emotional or it's more, you know, creative. And so but we want right. to take a break for that. So we just, we move from sitting in our desk chair to moving into our lounge chair mm -hmm. or our lazy boy chair. And then, you know, so we don't exercise our bodies and that limits, you know, what our emotions, our heart, our spirit can do. Absolutely. So one of the things about 
exercise that I've found, like I was sick for a long time. And then before years ago, I used to work out with weights all the time. So one of the things that has been helpful for, for me in the area of exercise and, and activity, not, you don't have to go to the gym, but activity is find a pocket of people and do something with them. And for example, I know that I've worked a muscle when I'm sore. You don't have to do lots, but if you've got a couple of friends, uh, your pocket of people, your birthday people, uh, and you go for a walk or a jog or shoot some baskets, or I live near a park and there's a tennis court and a basketball court and around the walk around the park is about probably a mile and a half. Mm -hmm. So there are. There are those opportunities, but we've got to have some accountability, like we've talked about a lot, yeah. to to make these parts of our our life work, mm-hmm. and it's very important. Yeah, yeah, and it, it doesn't have to be extensive. And I know yeah. people hear that and they're like, oh, "I can't, I don't have time to do that an hour a day." But really, it's a ten to fifteen minute. Are you mm-hmm. express? Are you moving your mind, your body, your emotions in a way that? allows it just to release what it needs to release so that you can uh, work on what's good for you. Um, the fifth uh, item, and I said five, but it looks like I have six, so I already miscounted, Let's do um, it. is to meditate. Um, so our brain is capable of so much, and it's taking in huge amounts of information uh, today, and uh, your brain has to process that. And so it's so important for you to take time in prayer uh, in mm. solitude, and I know solitude doesn't sound great right now, but if you're filling up every moment of your time in more information, you're not allowing your brain to actually process and use that information for your good. Um, mindfulness, you know, pay attention to what thoughts you're having. Are you having a negative narrative? Uh, are you being hard on yourself and you're not practicing self-compassion? Uh, listen really to what the thoughts, uh, the train of thoughts that are going on in your mind so that you can take an inventory. Again, not good or bad, just what is happening. It will let you know what needs to be addressed in your life if you're struggling to be resilient in this time. Mm. Mm. That was really good. <laughs> Barry, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think what I'm I can saying, add to that. No, it's, no, I'm just, I was absorbing there. That was really good. She always says good stuff. She does <laughs> say good stuff. I mean, yeah. Yeah, of the three of us, Becky's the smartest. I would say yes. I would agree. You're probably in totality. You probably oh, have the best but, beard between the three but, of us. What? Oh, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pastor Becky, you said something in our journey to wholeness cohort about. I talked about in in on my day. Everybody has a day in journey to wholeness where it's like it's not pick on you, but it's get you better you. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned. I mentioned being a cave dweller, mm-hmm. but you mentioned being a closet, go to your closet, and mm-hmm. you turned my narrative around about that in regard to Jesus said, go into your prayer closet, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's secluded, but it's not alone. Correct. Uh, so uh, when we talk about the dark night of the soul, and you mm. might be familiar with, or going to your uh go to your closet, uh, that scripture. In in those times, there 
the houses were not built with closets. And so the people of the time would have known that what he was referring to was the internal self and that that internal self is really the essence of your life where God abides. And if we're allowing other things to clutter up that area, then, um, and we're, then we're afraid to go into those dark places, right? Then we're not, um, one, we're, we're allowing things to live and fester in us that don't belong there. Um, but two, we're avoiding actually going to where God dwells in us, where he will bring to light the things uh, that are in us that need correcting, that need healing, that need wholeness, and that we can trust in him to actually be present in that space so that we are not alone. I think often, um, I often use uh, the analogy of the eye of Sauron, right? The first time I was Mm. in a chapel Mm. and I felt that God's eye was on me, I felt uh, exposed and I felt fragile and vulnerable. And yet in those moments, he uh, gently and faithfully walked me through things that I needed to address to the point that I uh, craved being just alone in silence with God because I knew that his kindness and his faithfulness were going to help heal me and face things that I had been afraid to face for a really, really long time. We all know when there's things within us that are unsettling, that, that are not helping us, and we usually get really busy if you're a overworker, overachiever, or a perfectionist, or a workaholic, you're probably you've probably been doing that to avoid some of the harder things that you've been afraid to address. If that's not you, know that that was me. And that when I went into that place and understood that those dark places are exactly where he will be with us, then it became a longing of my soul to actually be in places where I was reminded that he was good, that he had created goodness for us. Uh, I, I love being in the uh, the woods and by the water uh, because it's a miracle. Uh, a sunset is a miracle. The creak of a, a tree is a miracle. And in those quiet places, I know that he is not only in me, he's all around me to help me work through whatever it is uh, that I need to work through in that moment. And the same is true for you. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So our last one that I miscounted, so we have six. Our last point is you need to stay connected. And so laughing and supporting one another, which is what you heard a lot of today, is (laughs) so important because in the grand scheme of things, um, many of the things that we worry about are passing. They're temporal. Um, But what's important are the relationships and our well-being and our um, relationship with God. And when you get around other people and you're able to laugh and you're able to talk about these harder issues, when someone else can give you a little bit of perspective, uh, it's like fresh breath. uh, And it changes everything. I feel like like being around people is an accelerant uh, of that. Like I feel like – because like for me – like I feel everything deeply, right? Mm-hmm. People know me as a, I want to say as a lover. I don't mean like in a gross Rudolph Valentino way. I just mean like, you know, I'm a loving person, right? People know that about me and like I'm very present and I'm very, but like I feel things deeply. But I also feel like when I'm frustrated, I'm super, oh my gosh, this is never going to end frustrated. Yeah. yeah. Right? But then like last night, um, I had a shoot, a photo shoot, and I didn't find out until too late that the people were expecting me at five and it was already five o'clock. And so I had not gone. And so I was super frustrated at the people that didn't tell me I was supposed to be, you know what I mean? I was like mm-hmm. mad, mad, like I was a frumpy face and yeah. angry driving and mad at the other drivers on the road. And I don't know if you know if I said goodbye to my kids, you know, it was like oh. this, right? But then I get there, 
they're not mad. Mm-hmm. I shoot. I'm having a good time shooting. And I'm walking around thinking, why were you so mad? Yeah. It turned out fine. Like mm-hmm. the other 99.9% of the times, it always turns out fine. Mm-hmm. So I find, though, that if I'm with people that I love and people that love me, it's an accelerant to get over myself, to get over my frustration right. or my loneliness or my anger or my sadness. Like it just accelerates that for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of that is the 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 judgmental part that we have and and it again goes back to journey to wholeness when we find that somewhere in our past history we we have spoken we don't like the we don't like the little guy or whoever we were at that point uh but i believe that we we begin to judge ourselves and get angry with ourselves and then we create this this whole again narrative about how mean we are to ourselves and nobody else is like they're forgiving we you know you know i'm late I'm, i blew it but i'm gonna be okay i don't have to be i don't have to spew my my stuff all over people while i'm driving um and and just to tag on to uh, the meaning of resilience uh, Another definition that is adjacent to Pastor Becky's is the capacity to recover quickly mm-hmm. from difficulties. It's being tough, mm-hmm. just just toughen up. Um, we all have internal, internally we have capacity. Externally we have capability. So good. If my internal capacity is not increasing. And being stretched by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, my external capabilities will will never match up to where I want to be. And that's the struggle with most people. We don't understand that in us has to be right before before I can before I can have the capabilities to be like Jesus. I have to have internally the capacity to be like Jesus. So a full capacity is what determines a full cap- capability. But but we never the beauty about Jesus is that we will never be fully complete in capacity until we see him. Mm, yeah. So our capacity here is always growing when we get when we see him again then our capacity is is like his. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's that saying uh, that Tom Cruise used. <laughs> you complete me. And too often we look to other people. Mm. And that's a burden they were uh, never meant to bear. Right. But Christ completes us in our journey when we're seeking to be everything that he created, God created us to be. Uh, we can look to him in that gap. Uh, he has promised to meet us when we when we do our part. He has promised to meet us. Um, in that and and again like you were saying like those projected expectations you were upset and frustrated and angry because you were uh assuming someone was going to have an idea or judge you based on that failure and yet when you got around other people you found that wasn't the thought train at all and that there was love there and there was mercy there and there was grace there and more often than not we have those things for each other when we don't we have to determine why it is that we don't what 
expectation, what thing happened that made us believe that this was the bar that I have told myself to and everyone else. And maybe, maybe that bar is not at the right setting. And when we use God's bar in our life, we know that there's grace and forgiveness and love. Mm. And he, he believes in us because he created us and he knows what we're capable of. Mm. Uh, We've subscribed or ascribed, I don't know which one that is, to the thought that, you know, fake it till you make it. And we live there. And yet Hmm. uh, what we really need to do is stop faking it and acknowledge that there are some things that aren't quite right in us. Uh, That's normal. With all of the challenges and difficulties we faced in this year, you definitely have had a moment where you have realized that it may be time to face those things in you that have been really holding you back and were uh, a broken wheel all along, but you were moving so quickly and ignoring it. Uh, I've seen plenty of cars go down the road uh, with a flat tire (laughs) and uh, they just gun it and uh, it's to the detriment of the vehicle. This has been a detriment to yourself. If you've been hustling so hard and so long um, and now you're seeing, you know, that you need a pit stop. This is our pit stop. Mm. This is our global pit stop. Take advantage of it. Don't let this time pass you by in that you don't address these things because when when the roads open again, uh, you want to be able to do that at your full capacity um, if you have or capability, as Pastor Barry said, um, because you have that capacity. Yeah, I love that because it, it circles back to the one of our first thoughts, right, where chaos isn't a pit, it's a ladder. Mm-hmm. And so... Never before, at least in our lifetime, has there been this opportunity where you could completely unplug, you could completely stop the hustle for a mm-hmm. second, and no one would wonder why. Like, where did you go? Right. Right? Like, it's COVID, mm-hmm. right? It's isolation. It's it's all this stuff. And so not, why not make a ladder out of this chaos mm-hmm. and climb out of this place? Because if you're running down the highway on your rims, right, because you blew your tires out, right, right? That's it's not good. Yeah. You know? And so, like, climb out of the... You know, use this as an opportunity to climb out. Right. And maybe you spent the first half of this time, maybe you spent March, April, May just hustling, trying to figure out how to adjust and how to pivot. We use that word so much. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and you didn't take the opportunity. And so uh, here we are still in this time or really returning to a more isolated time again in some areas. This is when you have to ask, what's good? (laughs) All right. Well, I didn't take advantage of the first part of this pandemic to do that. Here is my opportunity now. So instead of being discouraged and in despair that, well, we're still here and it's not getting any better, how can I use this extended time for my good? What's good here? What have I learned and what can I do different? One last thing about this thing on resilience. If there are things that 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 are weakening your resilience, if there's things like identify or yeah, identify the value that those things have. And if there's no real value to those things, get rid of them, Right. like get off of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think about how people are, you know, caught up in the, in the crisis of today's world, but they keep watching crisis, right. you know, information. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. stop watching the crisis. It's mm-hmm. not going right. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not going to learn anything new about the crisis. It's only making you worse. It's weakening your resilience. Right. You know, so if there's things like that in your life, if there's a group of people that are bringing chaos in your life or digging you deeper into a pit mm-hmm. and not helping you with a ladder on your way out, get rid of that. Right. Get rid of social media, get rid of the news channels, get whatever it is that's that's weakening your resilience, start there. Get rid of that stuff in your life. Absolutely. I want to go back to one thing that, that Pastor Becky said about 
the the inner the inner inner space the inner place the quiet place the uh calvin miller called it the table of inwardness with jesus where mm-hmm. you meet him privately so good. and you get you it's just you and jesus don't be afraid to look in the mirror of the word of god because it will it doesn't matter you can jump at leviticus and read and God is going to say something to you yes. about you. And I think that there's a fear with with most people to acknowledge what kind of condition they're really in. And, and on the other side of that coin is what's the source of truth that I use to compare myself to. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with someone the other day about um, their, their spouse uh, – has a problem with with people who are hypocrites. I said that's easy to fix. Here's why: we compare ourselves to no one but Jesus. Mm-hmm. He is the model, and if we're going to mark ourselves against someone, mark against him. Yeah. Pastor Becky said this in our cohort too. She said, "I I have I just don't stop reading the first four gospels, all the red letters. Yes. And and then that's if we're if we're looking." at what he said, did, and walked and acted, then I think that that's the whole reflection of who we need to be, who we need to look at. Yep. Look to Jesus. Yep, he was the most it. resilient. So great places where you can find resources to start building your resilience and climbing out of the pit of chaos. Uh, certainly, you know, uh, dig into your relationship with Jesus. If you don't have that relationship, boy, will you just write one of us? You know, Scott, Becky, or Barry at LifeChurchGreenBay.com. We'd love to help you uh, to find that thing. Find find people that you know love you and love Jesus and be around them. Find a way to first maybe listen to more of these whole podcasts. There's, I don't know, eight or nine of them mm-hmm. uh, by now, and they're all different topics, and they're all equally good. I think Becky's just so good at what she does. And so listen to that. Find a way to get plugged into a Journey to Wholeness uh, course course yeah yeah of course yeah of course how can they find more information about that uh, you can go to j2wholeness.org the letter j the number two wholeness.org and so that's it thanks for joining us for this podcast pastor barry i'm glad that you were here uh you're welcome anytime let's do it again yes that was fantastic uh if you've enjoyed this podcast please share it uh with people that you think might be uh that might find benefit in these words or subscribe to it on all your favorite podcast channels If you think these podcasts are great, whether it's this one or Chew on That or Cheery Conversations or At Home with the Hennessy's or the Sermon Series podcast, like uh, plug into any one of those. It's a great way to drive. Like you don't have to listen to, you know, weird music. You don't have to listen to unless it's the Demi Lovato song about I'm a black belt beating up on myself. Um, But or sports radio or talk radio oh my gosh listen to a podcast instead of that and any one of these podcasts will enrich your life a super promise thanks for joining us we'll see you next time